listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast. I'm Mike Luke, joined by Tony Altimore for round two of Pac-12, Big 12, and all the intrigue. What's going on, Tony? How you doing? What a nice uh, holiday weekend. Good to see you. Good to see you. Well, again, how hot is it where you are? Because right now it is 113 where I am. It's not that bad, but it feels that bad. All right. It, Tony, it, real, yeah. real quick, before we get started, give people yeah. a little bit of your background. I didn't do a good enough job this last time. You know, where where you what has molded the mind of Tony Altimore before we get started? Sure. Uh, so I do consulting work uh, primarily in the corporate space. I do also some higher ed stuff. I do a lot of pro bono higher ed work as well. Um, but like I said, mostly do stuff in the corporate space. Have background in a range of consulting firms as well as a number of years with the Central Intelligence Agency. Um, so I kind of a, a diverse background. I did my MBA at the Wharton School at Penn and I'm a USC undergrad, fight on, where I got to uh, know lots of awesome Arizona Wildcats. All right. So, all right. So, Tony, do you back the A? Is it fair to say you back the A? I back the A. That's what we like hey, to hear. I, I have been on Team Jed Fish for a while. Uh, well, you uh, know what? There were a lot of people that weren't, including me, but uh, he quickly won me over. So, he's, he's awesome. And, you know, he's one of those guys where he's great regardless. And so, because he's awesome, I really hope that it works out. Right. For sure. Uh, all right. Let's, yeah. let's, also, let's, the, co- the conference needs it. For sure. So let's talk about the conference then. Uh, Tony Altimore, Pac-12 proponent. How, I, I like that as the... Uh, well, That's right. fair. I, I also, by the way, host the... Uh, I With the Voice of the College Football team on, on YouTube, uh, we host a... During the season, we host a Pac-12 chat show, and then uh, I help co-host the USC Post Games. Awesome. Very cool. So, Very cool. We'd, lo- Will we'd, you keep love doing have, we'd love to have more Arizona fans. Will you keep doing that when they go to the Big Ten? Uh, we haven't figured out exactly what we're going to do. <laughs> we, we joked, maybe we'll call it the Bicoastal Podcast. Right. All right, Tony. So let's get to it. Why yeah. is there no Pac-12 deal yet? So there's good questions on that. Um, you know, I don't like to speculate. I know what I. one of the things that I was told, and I don't, I mean, I, again, I haven't seen documents. I don't like to repeat rumors if I haven't, if I don't know for sure. Right. Um, but I've heard from multiple schools. Again, this is not, I'm not, report, I'm telling you what I was told. I'm not, Tony Altimore said, you know, You're good. This, this is what I was told, um, was that they basically had it done, they thought, in February or March, and the president sent them back to rework. Um, I, so I, and it, this is my personal opinion, I don't believe they really got going on this whole thing until after the UCLA thing was settled. Now, they'll right. tell you they did, and I've been told by people at schools, oh, no, of course they did. But it reminds me of, like, if you tell your kid to clean their room and you go in there and, like, after three hours of them cleaning, like, nothing has been done. I feel like that's sort of how this whole thing went until the UCLA thing was settled. Well, let me ask you this. With the UCLA thing, I don't know anybody, though, that thought that they could actually really stop UCLA or that UCLA was returning. And well, I, and, and I, I agree with you. So why so why was that even why was that even a philosophy or why was that even a theory? Because I don't know anybody on either side that thought they were stopping UCLA. That is a good question. Now again, so if I will give you my explanation of it, mm-hmm. not my opinion. No, I got now, you. For my, sure. my opinion is this thing is that it was it was dead the minute they did it because there's a couple of things actually that happened with that that nobody ever talks about. The first one is remember the president of the University of California was in on it, right? The president of the University of California, who was previously the president of Ohio State, 
before he came to be president of the University of California, was in on it and stabbed Berkeley in the back. The other thing is that the key UC regents, uh, but apparently not the chairman, but a lot of the key and most influential regents were also in on it. Mm-hmm. So okay. when you hear about, oh, the UC, re- the, the, I, I was told it was never in doubt. So I don't know why they thought they could convince UCLA. I don't know if that was a Cal thing. Um, you know, one of the things, one of my suspicions, this is a suspicion, this is not fact. Uh, you have to be very careful because John Canzano made some jokes the other day on a podcast and people went crazy about it. We like um, you, Tony. Don't worry about it. Thank we you. Like thank you. you. Uh, no, but one, one of my suspicions is I think Stanford tried to sabotage UCLA. Okay. Uh, I think they turned their – this is just my suspicion. I think Stanford very much wanted UCLA to get screwed over by their own regents so Stanford could say, we'll take that invitation. Thank you very much. I think what's confusing, though, for us, so many people, though, is when you look at the comments, though, that have happened from – and again, we're I, I like what you're saying. We're not going to engage in speculation, so I got you on that. But you look at, you know, but, from Kurt Schultz. be fun, but I, but, I, but I can't speculate any better than anybody else. For sure. No, I got you. So you got Schultz, uh, Washington State, obviously. He said by mid-March that they thought there would be a deal done or at least something in principle. Ray Anderson, 223, next couple, three weeks. Uh, Robbins, next couple weeks, deadline of 415. Um, and you can just keep going on and on down the yeah. list. They so keep I, putting these. They keep putting these numbers out there or these dates out there. And it's confusing everybody because I don't know that they, that they keep doing it. Um, they, like I said, I was told they had it basically locked up, mm-hmm. and then they sent it for rework. Okay. And like my get, my impression would be again, it could be wrong, is that you guys and a couple others wanted more regular TV. Mm-hmm. Right. One well, of the things, we'll one, of the things sure. one of the things that I was heard, that I've heard again, I, you know, not in the room. I'm not reporting that. I'm just that that was one of the things that, that I heard on that. So right. they, you know, they so they sent it for rework. I'll tell you where I think they have really failed here. Mm-hmm. And that is in the, the communications end and the taking a meaningful step that conveys the communications end. So what one of the things that I mean, because we could talk for hours and hours about like the business end of it and the contracting end of it and the you know the legal end of it. One of the things, for example, that I think is a huge issue for the Pac-12, and this is just my personal belief here, is that I think they are so scarred from the Larry Scott era that they are not going to do anything on faith. You know, they're not going to just add San Diego State and, you know, damn the torpedoes, we'll figure it out later. But do you blame them for that, though? Yeah, this, this is why I said. Larry, Larry Scott was a torpedo to the entire torpedo conference. to the whole conference, a hundred percent. Right. So you know that that's the thing that I I think where they they are sort of scarred in that, and they are also these are people who are not used to being told no, and they're people who have their own way, and so when they say we're going to do it in X path, right. they do it in X path, and they make it very clear. You will not stand up to us. And also, when we think about, like, the Pac-12 presidents right now, like, let's just think about right now. So Wazoo has a massive financial crisis, and, like, the Idaho mass murderer that they're whole dealing with was a Washington State right. student. Right. Washington, who's the chair of the conference, is right now trying to explain to the world that, no, they didn't really help build that Titanic sub that just blew up. Right. Stanford 
who's also on the board. How, how is he still employed right now? That's a really good question. A kid just won a Polk Award over. Cal, huge mess, but they're also really busy, like, solving Cold Fusion. So, you know, I mean, there's all these the different types of things going on that I don't think this bothers the leadership nearly as much as it bothers the fans. But what I think they needed to do, and I've said this repeatedly, is they need to take a concrete step of some sort that act that, that says to the world, uh, the baloney is over. I mean, I'll give you an example of something they could do. And, I, and I'm not a, not a contract attorney, but you could have some kind of a, contingent contract grant of rights that they all jump in on that does something that would just end the baloney. And and part of the part of of the issue though is there's never been in the modern history of college football a weirdly like salivating predatory conference that like wants your pieces. Like the Big Ten. Like we have now. No, because the big Big Ten the only one that's poached anyone, Tony. The, oh the no, the Big Ten. Ten, the, Ten. Oh, the Big the Big Ten didn't poach. My beloved alma mater walked out the door, which is, by the way, the exact same thing they did in 1957 mm-hmm. when they left the Pacific Coast Conference. Is they right, walked me, out the door. Let me ask you this: What about yeah. the Pac? Let me ask you this: What about the Pac-12 leadership, though? Inspires because you believe that there is going to be a deal that gets done. Um, what yeah. about the leadership of this conference, though? Past, present. What's going on now? What leads you to believe, though, that they are going to get a deal done? Well, you got when you look at past, you've got like three different eras, four different eras. So mm-hmm. I personally love the oldest era where they would have like illegally sicked the FBI and like thrown your mark in jail or something ridiculous like that. And Ed, Ed right. Pauly, by the way, literally used to it. You know, you know, Ed Pauly is in Pauly Pavilion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Infamously, like use the FBI to target enemies of the University of California. Um, those were great eras. Then, then we went to a more academic era and, and we really, we hit that mid two thousands failure and, and we have kind of a correction, but I think when you, when you look at the actual current leaders, one of the things is they have a very sort of like collaborative behind the scenes style. Like if you like look at, uh, Anamari Couchy, who's the president of Washington versus her predecessor, president young who is a very out there, you know, loud kind of cheerleading person. She is a, she's a great leader. She's brilliant. She's doing amazing stuff at the school, but she does not want to be on camera. Uh, The Stanford president is hiding from the media. uh, (laughs) Understandably so. And so you, let me ask you this, Tony, do these people that we're talking about, do they care about sports? Do they actually, or is it just something where it's kind of there and like, again, Bobby Robbins cares about sports. He's a front yeah. row at every single game, but I've never got the impression that Michael Crow at ASU really cares about sports. I could be wrong, but like when Bobby Hurley is complaining about that, they need a new arena and a new facilities, which they do. And he says, well, that's just good. How many of these people truly care about their sport product? And again, how many of them are strictly on the academic front? Right yeah. There? No, I can't answer that on Arizona state. Um, just but I mean, overall, I'm, though, just no, yeah. not specifically, just overall. What do you think? I mean, when I think of them, mm. they've well, all they, they've all at least come to care about sports. If you oh, look wow. at the changes that have happened, for example, at I mean, obviously Kirk Kirk Schultz was chairman, it was chair of the NCAA, right? Um, which is, by the way, one of the reasons that they defer to him to talk a lot of times is as former chair of the NCAA, like he's the best one to talk. 
And also Stanford can't answer questions to the media because that's right. just going to be really ugly for him right now. Washington tries to stay out of it. But look at like the changes that Washington has made. Look at the investments they've made. I'll give you another example. Look at for as much as we beat up on them. And I love I love to tease Cal, right? I'm a Trojan. Right. We love to tease Cal. They have really tried to do everything you need to do to follow the recipe to get good again. They've invested in the facilities. They're pumping money into the sports. They're winning that. I mean, if it's in the pool they're, or the, on a boat, they're winning national championships like crazy. They just have an awful basketball team and a bad football team that they're trying to fix. So they're, you know, they're, we say, oh, they don't care about sports. Well, the president of the University of California was from Ohio State, and the chancellor is pumping 30, just, just recently started pumping 30 million a year into the department, built, rebuilt all the facilities to the tune of however many hundreds of millions of dollars they spent. So, you know, I think, I think that in general they do. You know, Colorado is the one, interestingly, that was so bad for so long. And Colorado actually has the smallest athletic department overall. Like, they have very few team sports right. um, compared to you guys. You know, look at, look at your athletic department. For, I mean, the stuff that you guys have done with facilities, all of your different sports. Um, well, and see, that's why, teams. that's why I feel very comfortable with whatever Arizona decides is the right decision. Because I, I'm going to disagree with you here a little bit. I do believe that there's a there is a contingent of people in the Pac-12 and Michael Crow again. I don't want to keep beating him up and whatnot. And this is me speaking, not you speaking. So well, I'm very he's, he's the Larry's he he was the Larry Scott cheerleader. That's what I'm saying though. So when you've got guys in this conference that were the biggest Larry Scott cheerleaders in the world, like a uh, like a Crow, and you know when Bobby Hurley, like I said, is very upfront. I mean, if you've been to, I mean, Tony, you've been to good arenas. If you go to ASU, and again, this isn't me beating up on ASU. Although I like it, the facilities are just so fun. Just, the right, the facilities are just. Like, can, we, can we can we just someday have a just beat up on UCLA show like Arizona State? Oh, we're gonna US, get to UC, we're, we're get like gonna a get bunch to, of people. So we're gonna fun. get to UCLA. We're gonna trust me. We're gonna get to UCLA. My, on my this favorite one, sport. We're not gonna have to wait for that one. But that's where I think so many people are skeptical is when you have presidents that seemingly don't care about sports and seemingly go on record saying that. Yeah, you know, our facilities are fine. When anybody with an eye says that, that doesn't happen in a place like the SEC, I guess is my point. And that it, from a fan's perspective, and we're going to get to academics because I agree with you on your academic parts right there, and we'll get to that. But from a sports uh, aspect, none of these presidents or these uh, – or not most of these presidents have not shown past or at least somewhat in the present – that they really care about, that they really care about athletics in the way that some of these other schools or these other. So one of one of the things that we've seen in the history of the conference is that they tend to fall asleep a little bit and need to be shaken awake. Right. So and and we should we should do a whole thing sometime, like like explain to your folks like what went down before you guys came, like right. what went down in the creation of the pack. By the way, the pack was not founded in 1915. That's literally a lie. It was founded in 1959. And they were so mad at each other that then about 10 years later, they forgave each other and they decided to just pretend that the Pacific Coast. Yeah. Well, they decided to pretend that the Pacific Coast Conference was them the whole time, which is which is like if the U.S. pretended we were founded by William the Conqueror, like absolutely not true. Right. Um, Yeah. They oh, they they like I mean, they put the real housewives to shame. But what what happened then in the 50s would happen again in the 70s. What happened, I think, a little bit in the 90s and what happened again in the late 2010s is they sort of had to get shaken away. I mean, if we think about Larry Scott and the Pac-12 Network. Now, 
bear in mind, I am not a Larry Scott defender. I have photoshopped Larry Scott's face into that scene of Game of Thrones where Jon Snow. We give you credit on this. You admit that Larry Scott sucked. You would you Larry give Scott you credit sucked. on this. But here's the thing that killed the Pac-12 network, I believe. Let me ask you this real quick. Do the people yeah. that rubber stamp Larry Scott, do they suck as well? That's why they're all gone, other than Michael Crow. Not all of them. He's the only one left. <laughs> go ahead. Well, go and, ahead. Gene, and Gene Block, who actually left. Right. Right, Gene right. Block. Gene Block was like, "Let me make a mess and then leave." Right. Um, yep. He and Crow are literally the. And, oh, and DeStefano at Colorado. Mm-hmm. I guess there's three. There's three. Yep. Three of the twelve. Everyone else is gone. Um. But here's the thing. So when we look at the Pac-12 network, the idea of the Pac-12 network, which is the same thing that the Yankees did, the same thing Madison Square Garden did, the same thing the Mets did. Brilliant idea on paper failed in three things and i think the third one that nobody talks about is the most important the first thing that failed as everybody knows the distribution direct tv yada yada i don't think that's actually as important the second thing was the leadership the people that ran it ran by larry scott were absolutely not capable of running the media empire but here's the thing that i think killed the pac-12 network and I, i've got some interesting data we should look at and talk about sometime but what killed the pac-12 network is the fact that during the ten or the decade or so of the Pac-12 network, all of the major brands in the major cities sucked. You guys sucked. Colorado sucked. Arizona State sucked. USC sucked. UCLA sucked. Cal sucked. Washington sucked. Uh, right. So there, there's seven major brands, major markets that needed to be good. Because here's the thing about TV numbers. And, and we can talk about your TV numbers sometime if you want. I've done like some extensive analysis in this. We're going to do a whole voice of college football kind of like a cool special show. I actually did some stuff. We broke down and built a model that can predict with about 88% accuracy TV numbers based on three data points. TV is not about fans. It's about people watching TV. So right. if you know the channel, the rank, and some and a measure of pedigree, you know, like sort of brand, that, that will let you predict 88% of – TV audiences, which we've got this model that can do. So the thing of it is, is like when we talk about like, oh, nobody watches the Pac-12 network. Oh, they couldn't get it on, on Dish Network. Oh, they didn't get it here. If those teams had been good, if we'd had those ASU teams of the 70s, 80s, 90s, if we'd had the Desert Swarm, if we'd had the Pete Carroll USC, if we'd had the Terry Donahue US, or UCLA, if we'd had the Aaron Rodgers Cal, if we'd had the Dogfather Washington, we just had a couple of those everybody would have found a way to get the pac-12 network all right so relevancy is the key thing all right let's talk about that first we we bombed that by the way we we as a conference and my my boys in red and gold bombed that as well by the way we got uh, tony clint moses is in here oregon state fans and washington state fans love tony altimore they love some tony altimore we're going to talk about that i love we love the wazoo we love wazoo and the beeves we're going to get to them in just a second here but uh first um and then we're going to get to uh, Tony's best friend, Brett Yormark, here. Um, because we're going to hey, disagree. I think, I think he's doing a great job. We're going to disagree on this one a little bit. But first, oh. BetMGM. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code PHNX. Do you bet, Tony? Do uh, I, do, I don't because I, I would bet for the teams I root for, which is not a smart thing to do. 
All right. But if Tony were to bet, he should go to BetMGM. There's a few different offers depending on where you live. But for our Arizona audience, place your first bet offer and receive up to 1000 in bonus bets if it loses with BetMGM. Again, make sure you use bonus code PHNX. Check out all the show notes for details. Let's hear Shane with the disclaimer. Claimer 21 plus to wager. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. U.S. promotional offers not available in Washington, D.C., Mississippi, Nevada, New York, and Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Colorado, D.C., Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, West Virginia, Wyoming. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369, New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP-ARIZONA, 1-800-522-4700, Kansas, Nevada, 1-800-327-5050, Massachusetts, 1-800-BETS-OFF-IOWA, 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. All right, one last one. Tony, have you been to Circle K lately? Have you ever been to Circle K? I have not. Is that an Arizona thing? It It's a West Coast thing. Tony, there's no excuse for you not to have been to Circle K. we got to get Tony to Circle oh, K. Oh, i got to go to the Circle K. Right. Make sure you're not no, missing is it like, out. Is it like Wawa? No, it's fantastic. It's the best convenience okay. store out there. Buy a mile. Cheapest gas, nice. by the way. Right now, text PHNX to 31310 to join their SMS subscriber club and get a buy one, get one free offer on a 32-ounce Polar Pop. Head to circlek.com slash store locator to find a Circle K near you. All right. We're going to talk SDSU here in a second because the questions are coming in hot and heavy. But I like Brett Yormark, and here's why I like Brett Yormark. Because Brett Yormark came in, and he said, I am going to do X, Y, Z. I am going to get a TV deal. I am going to take care of this Oklahoma, Texas situation, and we're going to expand. I know he talks a lot, and but he, Tony, he, he took care of the financial thing too, which nobody talks about. He did everything. That was huge. He did was everything. Huge. Whereas with the Pac-12, they're just talking. There aren't actions. He came in and he did it. That's why I like Brett Yormark. I like people of action, Tony Altamore. Well, I so I agree. That's why, like I said, what I think they need to do. I mean, I understand all of the reasons why they don't have their TV deal signed yet. And I understand the reasons why they are being gun shy on like the SD, the SDSU thing. Again, I can, we can give explanation. We give my opinion, my opinion. I want to bang my head against we'll, the wall. We'll talk, with, we'll talk that one next, but let's stick okay, on your next. mark right here. But, here, but here's the thing about what they, sh- what the pack should have done was actually done, done some element to communicate to the world sort of in, in a, in a concrete way. Not like they and they think they do this when they give a statement, right? Because they're the president. When the presidents give a statement, people listen. But they are failing to understand that that's not enough. They need to do some kind, some kind of signature thing, some kind of extension thing, whatever that, whatever they want to do. But I'll tell you what Yormark did that was really, really smart. Nobody talks about this, but I thought this was the smartest thing that he did. Is that when he came in. Those eight schools had about a hundred and forty million dollar hole, right? Financially, because they the eight schools were paying the shares of the new schools. Remember, they didn't get any money for the new schools, so the eight schools were taking two years of the new schools out of Hyde. It's about seventy million a year. Two years, that's about one hundred forty million out of Hyde. And Brett Yormark had one chit to play, and that is letting Texas and Oklahoma out easily and happily. Mm. And he, I think it was brilliant. I think he handled it very smoothly, very effectively is that he bartered away to get Texas and Oklahoma out, dig them out of their financial hole. And actually they all, they're getting, I think they get like about once you calculate the difference in the financial hole, they dug and the payment of that, 
They came out with like 10 million extra from Texas and Oklahoma. Awesome. Right. Um, but I think that, that that's something. It's not about people like, oh, he jumped the Pac-12. No, what he did is he solved their financial hole, locked them in for the future, and used that shit of, of the Texas and Oklahoma to do it. And I think it was really, really smart. The other thing that he's done that's really smart is, again, very anti-Pac. And it's something that w- that doesn't work in the pack because of how the pack schools are different. Right. Is he is he does a lot of very much like speaking for the conference, and a lot of like little things that are very. He's very good at trolling as well. He's very good at trolling, but he's, he does a lot of really good communicative things that uh, that that I think really help convey and build brand that are. They're, they're not meaningful, right? But, like, they actually, in their some are. I mean, I'll, I'll give you an example. They're making this whole big thing about, oh, Big 12 Mexico. Okay, well, what are they going to do, right? They're going to play a bowl game in Monterey, which is, by the way, way better than playing a bowl game in a rainy baseball stadium in Boston. Right. And they're going to have, like, a basketball game there. Okay, whoop de doo big deal. But what they've done is they've re- done the opposite of Pac-12, who thinks that the NSA is a model of communications, you know, no, no comment is that they're actually going out there and promoting it and doing a really, really, really effective marketing job, regardless of whether the thing has meaning or not. And I think that that is really powerful and it, it sends confidence to the people. So, right, you know, but the problem, all, all you're, exactly right. you're exactly right. But the problem though, is when the PAC 12 does speak, they say that a deal's right around the corner and then the deal doesn't happen. But the the issue isn't the isn't that media deal because that media. I mean, in all honesty, long contracting processes are that's normal. What's what's dumb is that they're not communicating effectively throughout the process. They're not doing meaningful things, and part of that reason actually goes back to literally. I don't know if we've talked about this or not. Literally, the with the day they 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 shook hands to formally locked the conference in June 22nd, 1959. One of the big differences with the pack and everywhere else is, and Ivy league is very similar in this too, is this idea of control by the presidents that other, I mean, technically everyone's controlled by the president, but not like the pack or the Ivy league. Right, Those right. presidents are in charge and the commissioner is not in charge. Pack did not allow the commissioner to use the title of commissioner. And that's what's unique about the pack. That's a very good point. For yeah. Sure. It's a, you you and and you you do not speak for Stanford. You do not speak for the nobody speaks for the University of California other than the University of California. And so it's just it's just a it's a different dynamic and I think it handicaps them and the, whoever their PR people are are completely botching the opportunity to take steps to show confidence to show to show competence and to show confidence. So why are they, they doing that? They all Tony, they already know that there's this uh there's this image of them out there. And again, like you said, they're the ones that run the ship, not Klievkov. We're going to get to Klievkov here in a second. Yeah. Why don't they do something? Are they that tone deaf? Do they not care? Is it a combination of both? I think it's a little bit. Remember, these are people that are used to having people mad at them, right? Like true, we can true. be like, oh, the Big 12 is being mean to us on Twitter. Like they've got like probably like two unions protesting outside their office and like, students chanting about something like so they're used to people being mad and in the grand scheme of like things that people are mad at them for and look at stanford for example right this is actually not really that big a deal 
Um, the other thing is, and, and this is true of any time you're in like a big, complicated, you know, business negotiation situation, is that if things are going well on the on actually going well on the inside, you really don't care about the noise in the outside. In fact, sometimes the noise in the outside is not a problem. Uh, I mean, look at look at you guys, for example. You guys, when USC and UCLA left. You guys looked very seriously at moving to the to the Big Twelve. Decided it was not for you. I was told by your, by people familiar with the decisions. And if you want, if you guys, if if you guys really thought there were problems with this deal, which apparently you don't, you would have left. See, I did, see. Here's where I'm at with this. I think I I think nobody wants to leave. We need to make that for nobody yeah, wants exactly. to leave, for sure. But the problem is, at some point, we're going to get to a drop dead date. At some point, there has to be something. There has to be are, something that is are we gonna, actually. Are we going to get to a drop dead date? I, I, at some point, there and it can't be right, and it can't be eighty five percent, and it can't be eighty five percent streaming. There has to be a majority linear factor to it. So again, like you said, because again. The one, the one thing I totally agree with you on, these are better institutions. Oregon State, Washington State, notwithstanding. I'm just kidding. But um, I'm just kidding, guys. Well, but here's, the thing about, but here's the thing about Oregon State and Washington, and actually Oregon, too, by the way. Let's make sure we lump Oregon in this because, like, Oregon State it does, like, way more research than Oregon, mm-hmm. um, is that their strategic goals and alignment of, like, who they want to be is very aligned with, with the PAC schools. I mean, right. Oregon, Oregon's best friend, who, by the way, has bailed him out academically repeatedly over history, is Stanford. Sure. Like, Oregon and Stanford, like, you know, when, when, when pressure comes to Oregon, Stanford is usually there to bail them out historically. So that there are some really funny examples. Yeah, of that, But like actually. you said, I mean, these are better academic institutions. But the thing, though, that I think terrifies Arizona fans is that getting stuck either in a conference with no visibility because it's all uh, relegated to streaming. Again, I know streaming is the wave of the future. Streaming is not here yet as well, a You know why you have no visibility? What's that? You know why nobody sees your games? Huh. Yeah, remember, I am Team Jed Fish. I know. Nobody sees your game because your teams have been awful. No, but I'm talking more so. I'm talking about just, yes, you're, that's, that's very true. But when you, win, when you win games, people will see your games. But as far as, though, a Pac-12 deal, though, if it's all because I don't know where it comes from. Let's talk about that now. Linear, where is where is the linear component going to come in? Is it going to – I mean, who is going to be the one that takes that, that – so, so I've heard I've heard people tell me that probably know who they think it is, but I, I don't, I don't want to speculate in name because people will say, oh, Tony said blah, blah, blah. No, you're speculating. Um, Tony, we're having fun. Nobody's holding if, you to if it. I was, if I was going to guess, I would guess that it's going to be ESPN and somebody else will like each take a game a week or something like that. But again, that's I, I don't make well, that prediction. Just, I, I don't. I, guessing. I'm not you. sure. That, that would just be my guess. Right. Okay. So, and then you think that they're going to get a deal then with all of this that is going to um, be bigger than the Big 12 at 31.6 per school. If they were not going to get a good enough deal, you guys would have left. See, I think with Arizona, though, with Arizona, again, like you said, nobody wants to leave. But I think they, the they, about- know, they know. I mean, let's be, let's be honest. They know what's going on. They know a lot more than what's going on than what they want to say. Because one of the things that you notice is they use really funny wording. Mm-hmm. They keep talking about, well, we haven't been presented with the final blah, blah, blah. They, they use a funky wording that tells us that they know exactly what's going in government speak. 
they know exactly what's going on. Right. And, and again, if, if if there were serious problems, and and I think that they who because remember the the three person board is Wazoo, UW, Stanford. Um, I I believe the people that told me again, and I say I say believe I just they 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 seem to be Tony, stop qualifying everything. Just give it an opinion. Nobody's holding you to this. Yeah, so my my oh oh the the people in your chat will. Um, you can always but, preface it by saying yeah, this is what Mike just said. There, there we go. I I believe that they came in February or whatever thinking they were done and they got sent back to the drawing board, probably okay, so, to get more TV stuff. So when is when's the deal? Then? When's the deal then? When would you just guess? And again, we're not holding you to it. It's just a project. Yeah, so I would guess before the season. I would hope, I would like, let's all say a prayer before media days because I think it is, again, I think it's stupid that they've let it, you know my opinion, I think it's stup- beyond stupid that they have let the question of existential future go. I mean, the truth is, let's be honest. The truth is the money is not important. The deal is not important. The What channel it's on is not really that important. What's important is, are they locked in for the future? Mm. That's really the existential question. But you do is understand, it- though, why no other conference is going with the uh, majority streaming concept at this point. You, under- you do understand why the linear angle is so important to this point for the next three to five years. Well, actually, the Big Twelve is a ton of streaming on ESPN Plus. True, true, but the good games though streaming on ESPN Plus. What? Yes, but the good, but the big games you're going to be able to count on those ones being on ESPN and Fox. Well, so if you're that, if here's and here's the thing that I always tell people is: Are you are you that worried about people seeing? Are you that worried about my uncle who coughs a lot and stays up at night being able to see the game? So you should just put it on PBS for free, or are you trying to get money here? Because I've seen your school's fin- sports financials. You guys need money. Mm-hmm. For sure. I've seen your sports financials. You guys need money. Your problem is not that people people don't watch your games because you lose. People don't watch your games because you turn into a pumpkin in March. You guys need – and by the way, I love you guys. You've cost me a fortune by turning into a pumpkin in March because I always pick you in my pools to go to the Final Four, and you don't. Um, but the there's issue- a bill. But there's a stability factor in play, though, with the Big 12 that the Pac-12 doesn't have right now. Again, they might get it, but I know for a fact you talked about being locked in. If you're in the Big yeah, 12, locked in. But remember, they, they also have a stability factor because absolutely no one wants any of those teams other than maybe the Pac would take Kansas. Right. But they're that's, still getting paid. They're still getting, pay, they're still getting paid the 32 mil per, and they're still, you know, they're still, uh, it's still a, a, lot, a lot of stuff on ESPN, Plus, which I'm okay with. But right. like they, they pretend that they're not. And by the way, the other thing is, if you actually look at the stuff, we we haven't gone over. We should go over the TV numbers sometime. I can show you. If you look at the t, like it, whether it's on ex, whatever expanded, you know, ESPN the Ocho that you might end up on, right. uh, nobody watches that. Right. So it's not people are like oh exposure. No, no, no. If you're not on one of the, if you're not on the, and this is actually an issue for the packs. If you're not on one of the big uh, five channels. You know the four networks or ESPN. Nobody watches you really, other than other than a core base of fans. So if you when you actually look at the networks, um, the actual data by network, it, it doesn't. If you're oh we're on ESPNU, I guess there's a very small subset of fans that for for whatever reason are paying for expanded cable, but maybe refuse to pay for like you know Apple or Amazon or whatever. And for them, 
I guess the opportunity to be on ESPNU would be better. If you're on, if you could have, if you could add any two, uh, well, let me ask you this first. Yeah. If Brett Yormark was the, and again, we talked about how it's different. If Brett Yormark was running the Pac-12, would there have a deal have been done? Uh, maybe there would have been an action done. I think he or, or he would have actually. If Brett Yormark was running the Pac-12, he would have like slit his wrists in a bathtub of frustration. Um, because his style of leadership does not jive with their style of management. His style of getting things done. Well, he what I think he would have done is, and, and this this I think is a failure. Like I said, the failure of the pack is not about whether you signed the contract or not. Right. The failure of the pack is whether or not you take a con. You haven't yet taken a concrete action to lock in. This is the future. And here's something to prove that we are moving to that direction. And I think the bomb with SDS, the failure. Now they told us with SDSU that they weren't going to have that done by the 30th. We hoped as fans that they would surprise us. And they did not. Initially though, initially everybody thought that this was going to happen. And then within the last three to two to three weeks, it started looking like this wouldn't happen. Is San Diego state then basically looking and saying, all right, we're going to table this then for a year because we need to have some form of stability here in the Mountain West Conference as opposed to jump into a conference that we don't know exactly what's going to go on. Is that what happened right now? I don't know. I don't know the timing of it. Right. And so I, I, I want to kind of defer to the timing. My guess would be based on their letter that we'll see something in the month of July because San Diego State asked for a 30-day extension. Right. Um, I'll tell you another thing, and this is this is not again. I, you guys, I think it's boneheaded that they did not take the steps they need to take to make the announcement for San Diego State because I think it would have given them a win that they need. It would have been a concrete piece, and I think it was absolutely moronically boneheaded that they chose not to do that. Again, I understand why they didn't do it. I just think it was a bad decision not to. San Diego State. Well, let's talk about that here in a second. But first, got to pay a few more bills. FOCO. FOCO is an acronym. Now, we had Brandon Sanders on, one of the best safeties in school history. And he was wearing FOCO out, uh, FOCO straw hat. It looked fantastic. FOCO always has our back for Arizona sports. And they have yours, too. Get the best gear around by visiting www.foco.com and use code word PHNX for all non-presale items. Use the promo code PHNX. And never a better time to become a PHNX diehard. Now, become a diehard today. Check out PHNXLocker.com to grab your membership to receive exclusive content, discounts on all events and merch, and access to the Discord chats. Absolutely fantastic stuff. Check it out. Become a PHNX diehard. All right, Tony, San Diego State. We've always heard from the beginning that, you know, with the Pac-12, it's an academic conference. I get that. It's an elite academic conference. San Diego State is not an elite academic school. Why well, they are they- in some ways. I mean, San, San Diego State has a 35% admissions rate, mm-hmm. which is better than any school in the Big 12. The thing about San Diego State is what they don't have, which goes back to the, which is thanks to Cal, the 1960 California Higher Education Plan, is they don't have a lot of PhDs in graduate research. Tony, it's definitely, there's been a reason there's been so much resistance from Pac-12 presidents of adding them over the years. Come on. Well, yeah, the, the TV market of LA, the LA TV market, like USC and UCLA had no interest in adding another team to Southern California. Right. Um, but in that, and th- there's your reason. the the other The other issue Who would is you compare San Diego State overall, because this is your realm right there. Who would you compare yeah. them academically to in the Pac-12? 
because that's a big deal for a lot of the, a lot of people. Um, I'm trying to think of somebody. Oregon. In that, well, Oregon, but a much harder to get into, like like a much more academic Oregon, but without the graduate element that Oregon has. Right. But that's Oregon a big, doesn't that's have a big Oregon part doesn't, of it, though. The graduate element, though, is a big part because, of it. But the thing of it is, is there's a difference between – this is going to sound like an asshole, sorry. There's no, a no. difference between not having it and not being good at it. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, if you look at, like, the Big East schools, right? Yeah. Like, the Big East has some outstanding schools that just don't have graduate stuff. Right. Like Marquette. The Marquette's a great school. Marquette at one point was a Big Ten candidate back in the day. And, and Marquette's med school is now separate from Marquette. So, you know, does that mean that Marquette's not as good because Marquette doesn't do very much graduate research, but there's that huge med school that used to be theirs that does? Right. So right. with San Diego State, you know, you've got the the huge grad research stuff was always done. It's UCSD and the, with the Scripps Institute or whatever is right there. So the thing about San Diego State is you when you look at San Diego State, and this is why you need to look at schools holistically, look at SMU. SMU is a phenomenal, elite, world-class school, almost no graduate research. SMU does $45 million in graduate research. San Diego State does 100 and some. Um, but there's no question San Diego, or, you know, SMU is a really great school. And with schools that are really big on, like, business schools and law schools – like, aren't you, aren't you, if you, yeah. if you add SMU, aren't you just adding a school just to add an academic school per se, because they bring absolutely nothing to you in actual revenue sports. Literally, See, I, I think that they are, I think that they are like a powder keg, like a sleeping giant ready to awaken. Is that what you're going? I, I'm on, you I, believe S- on. I, believe in, I believe in SMU, but I also understand the people who don't. I mean, when you've been in the um, AAC and they haven't done anything. I mean, so I think relevancy matters. But here's the other thing for the Pac-12 is when you look at and this is what I've done is I've looked at the map repeatedly. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't um, believe you've looked at the map for I've sure. I've looked at the map. I've run the numbers. And you, and you start to get some questions about, like, if you need somebody, your choices till you get to the Mississippi. I mean, who does the Pac-12 want? The Pac-12 wants Texas. Pac-12 spent 30 years flirting with Texas. Texas is like their idea of a school. Kansas would be great, but Kansas is locked in a very package type school. Kansas is locked into a $100 million, 99-year deal. So I think the Big 12 has effectively kind of walled themselves off. Uh, right. Other people disagree with me, but I think they walled themselves off. So now you're starting to talk about Tulane. You're starting to talk about SMU. For the Pac-12. Yeah. I mean, you're right. Colorado you do realize State. from a sports perspective, Tony, and again, I get you're coming at it from the academics. That is give everybody's going with the rolling eye emoji when they go oh, with Tulane. I'm going the rolling eye emoji. <laughs> but I'll, I'll, and I'll tell you, and you guys may not like this, so I actually recommend it. You guys can go find it. I did it on Twitter. Um, so my, my Pac-12 expansion list, I always say first call. Well, so San Diego State is sort of an existential thing. You need a presence in Southern California. Quite, mm-hmm. quite honestly, if I were the Pac-12, I would have had consultants trying to figure out how to add a team at Long Beach State or Irvine really quick, too. But that's a whole right. other story. Um, I, I said your first call is the Air Force and make them say no. They've said no repeatedly throughout history. They're really not prepared to do what it takes to succeed at the Power 5 level, but I would try for them anyway. And, and I, again, I thought SMU and but San Diego. But you think Diego SMU State, is prepared to do that? 
oh, SMU is throwing money like crazy at stuff. SMU is recruiting better than anybody in the conference other than Oregon. SMU is going to – they're out recruiting you guys like crazy. SMU football is out recruiting – SMU football is out recruiting Washington. Oh, yeah. Washington's not recruiting anybody. Like, watch the Oregon me- the Oregon memes on Washington recruiting are awesome. Oh, I know. SMU's out, SMU's out recruiting Colorado? Uh, well, Colorado's going to be awful. Colorado's got a couple of stars, but they're not looking good. Um, but but here but here but here's the other here's the other thing that I said, and nobody agrees with me on this. And that's all right, okay. Let's see if I'll agree. What do you got? I don't trust Stanford at all, and I ne- never have. Um, I would I would have added I would add Fresno. I think that anchor into the state of California is important for donors student recruitment, engagement. And I know Fresno does $9 million a year or something in research, like nine. Just somebody said, why not UC Irvine as well then? If Just you go all get, in, get all the California schools. <laughs> Based on the success their brother Cal is having. If you could convince, if you actually kind of could convince UC Irvine or Long Beach State, Long Beach State used to have a football program to really start one. And you could get like a, but you'd have to have a president, you'd have to have a board, you'd have to have donors, you'd have to have like everybody aligned, you know, to be like, we want to do this, you know, kind of like what, I hate to use this as an example, but like, like what Liberty did, or what you've seen at Kennesaw State, you know, where you really get people that are aligned to say, we want to do this, and we want to be good. Trying to get that out of the state of California is a little bit challenging. So I think you're, you're kind of... To some extent, you're a little more stuck with what you have. And Why not again, St. Mary's? St. Mary's could get football as well. They used to. <laughs> they back in the old days, they had football. They were they actually were good. Uh, you, I know you, you mentioned this with Stanford too. You, for me. What you've re- you've repeatedly said, and you're right. You've repeatedly said they don't understand the. A lot of these don't understand the messaging. You don't trust Stanford or Cal. So why should other people? I trust, trust Cal. I trust Cal more than Stanford. Okay, but why should anybody tr- like Stanford is a preeminent institution in this conference? Why would if you don't trust them? Why should Arizona fans trust them? Because I'm from USC. We don't trust them. You shouldn't <laughs> trust them because they tried to keep you out. <laughs> you know that? <laughs> they All didn't right, want to let you in. All right, we got to talk a little bit about Oregon State and Washington. State. By the way, on behalf of USC and UCLA, to my good Sun Devil and my good Wildcat friends, you're welcome. That when Stanford wouldn't let you guys in, Jack Hubbard stood up and said, "I'm going to the media in 15 minutes, and we're either telling them that Arizona and Arizona State are in, or that USC and UCLA are out. Pick." Right. All right. And uh, Stanford caved immediately, and Washington caved a few minutes later. Tony Altimore on here saying he doesn't trust Stanford at all. I like Never. this. All right. Now, let's we I need to get your take on Oregon really, State and Washington State face. I know I know well, real quick. I know the Stanford president like refuses he's hiding from the media because he may have fudged research at Genentech. Um but Stanford is the only PAC school that has not made a very public statement of allegiance. Uh, well, you know what? Get lost is my opinion. Now, real I quick. as far as we can throw the tree. Let's talk about Sandy. Or let's talk about Oregon State and Washington State right here. But first, the tap and bottle watch parties. Tony, you never come to Tucson. I don't blame you. It's 115 have, right now. I Where? have been to Tucson before. When was I the last Tucson. time you went to Tucson? Uh, it's been a while. It's like mid 2000s. All right. Well, you know what, Tony? This is, the time of, this is the time of the year, Tony. Where are, where are you right now? In California? 
No, right now I'm actually in Florida. All right. You know, get out of the heat, come to Tucson for a little while, and you can come to the tap and bottle watch parties to watch Arizona football or Arizona basketball make the final four this year, not drop an egg, as you put it earlier. But again, check it out. Tap and bottle watch parties. They're having a six-year anniversary this Saturday. I will be downtown. And the next one, they're having an eight-year anniversary for their Northwest location. Scott and Rebecca, salt of the earth people, help them out. Okay. Now, um, Oregon State, San Diego State fans. Um, they have, uh, they're very, very um, committed to the Pac-12. Maybe Good. more committed than even Tony Altimore. Um, I'm sure they are. Is the reason, though, that they're committed is because, unlike some of the other schools, they would end up in the Mountain West if everything were to implode. Well, they, first of all, they wouldn't end up in the Mountain West. Where would they end up? Uh, if, 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 like, you know, the, the craziest of the Big 12 fans got what they dreamed of, right? Like, let's say the Big Ten said, we're going to take a bunch of teams, which the Big Ten is not doing. Right. Uh, and then the Big 12 said, we'll take a bunch of teams, which we know that they're not going to succeed with. Yeah. Um, so it, even if the – so let's pretend that nuclear scenario happened. Um, the Pac-12 would do exactly what the Big 12 has done, and that is refill as necessary with upgrading other teams. Because remember, the Pac-12 – is an NCAA designated autonomy conference. The right. the whole power the whole power five the power is actually kind of a fake word. The real word is autonomy, and it's because they actually have NCAA legislated powers that that go to them. So the reality is whatever whatever the Pac-12 were to need, just same thing the Big Twelve. Because by the way, I had this exact conversation two years ago with Big Twelve fans who were like, "We're going to lose our power stat," and it was like, "No." You're just going to fill up as you need. You're secretly, and you're secretly a Big 12 and a Brett Yormark admirer. I can tell oh, this. I'm a, I, I, I have lots of friends in the Big 12. I Some of their fans are ridiculous and crazy. I've worked with students in the Big 12, every Big 12 school. Uh, I've been to half of their campuses. Like, no, I, I mean, I, I think they're great. But I know that Pac-12 schools are not trying to join them. I think that the image that they are portraying which is making their fans feel good is not accurate. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's bad for the sport. I think that the PAC, I think that the PAC and the big 12 and the ACC should be working together. Right. I also think they should be involved in the Ivy league in that because that's the only conference that can tell the big 10 to shut up. So basically, Uh, if so let's just say, for example, if the PAC 12 were to, I know that you don't think it will, but let's let's just say that there, you know, it implodes. So, uh, Northwest schools go to the Big Ten, Arizona, Colorado go to the Big Twelve, whatever. So Oregon but, State, Washington State. Cal, Cal, I mean, the real truth of the matter is, Cal is the linchpin in a lot of ways. So if the right. Big Ten were to take like Cal and Stanford, right, and then the Pac-12 no longer has that anchor of California and that academic anchor and the institutional support that goes to the Pac-ALC that comes from Cal. Like Cal is really the linchpin. So if they, if they were to lose, for example, Cal and Stanford, that I think would spur a collapse. Right. But Oregon State and Washington State would be all right because you would still have UC Irvine. You would have San Jose State, schools like that that you could bring in, Tony. Well, I mean, it would be it would be unfa- it would be it would be to them the exact same thing as, for example, my Kansas friends feel about Brigham Young and Cincinnati and Central Florida and, and folks like that. I mean, look at what the Kansas people, 
the Kansas people are not fans of it. But, you know, it is one of the things that evolves. And the question then, whenever a conference does that, is, you know, are those are those teams going to stand up? Right. I mean, the, the Pac-12, yeah. when, you know, look at Utah. Look at you guys, when you guys came in. Tony, you, you so you know, I, I give them credit. I give them credit for that. The question is, you know, are you going to find teams that can stand up and, and fill and fill that role? What do you say about this, though? Kyle Visser makes a very good point. The Big Twelve has the highest NIL as a conference, and I've seen this before, which is shocking. There's a lot of money right there for athletics in the Big Twelve. Tony Altimore, here, here, here's the calculation on that. Are because you're including Texas? We're including Texas. Yeah. If you if you look at the new Big Twelve, that number changes. Right. All right. Now, so let me ask you this then. So we have this on record. You by actually, the way, all, everything in realignment is always Bevo's fault. Right. For Literally sure. forty years of problems. It's Bevo's fault. Oh, I got one more read. I forgot about this. OG. Oh, yeah. Tony, do you have a hard time sleeping? Uh, I don't usually. All right. Well, then, uh, may, you might not need this, but other people. But I might need it for when I do need it. All right, well, check it out. OGs, these are gummies. They help you sleep. They got good THC ratios. You can get them at your local dispensary. Go to ogsbrands.com. Check it out. And again, very, very good stuff. OGs. All right, Tony. So we, you believe that there will be a deal done, hopefully by the beginning of the season. That's where you're hopefully. going. Yeah. So I, I, I mean, I would, lo- I would hope that it would be done by media days. But if there's um, not a deal or one that even appears close, will you say that these people are full of crap? I don't know if they're full of crap. I mean, I think that if we see teams leave because they say right. there's no deal coming, then that's the sign there's new deal coming. Okay. All right. You that actually was, like you actually like Brett Yormark. You think he's done a very do. good job in the Big Twelve, and you like him because he's a leader of men and he's a leader of action. Well, and he and he's doing he's doing the action that quite honestly, again, the pack the and part of this comes down to for the Pac-12. The question is, are they going to eventually deliver what they say and quite honestly if they weren't going to i think you would have seen people leave i think you would have seen collapse i think you would have seen changes i mean you, you think- guys would have usurped so i'll tell you something i think is really good though um if you look at actually the succession of pac-12 board leadership uh there's two people in the way right now before bobby robbins moves on to the executive committee mm. and that is al who just retired and Stanford, who has got to get fired, we we're pretty sure by the end of the year, it seems like, according to the higher ed folks. So hopefully by the end of the year, we'll have Bobby Robbins on that executive board. And I think that would be a positive change. Tony, you are a, you're a heck of a sport right there. Enjoy the back and forth. We're going to have to do this again soon. I know you're a big oh, fan. Of, I, know you're gonna, I know you're a big fan of charts. And so this is what I'm going to have you do next time. Send me your oh, five. Okay best charts and we are going to look at all these charts and you are going do it i might be bored to tears but we are going to watch look at these charts right here but uh Sounds again plan. oregon state fan clint moses connor johnson i guarantee you that they are tony altimore supporters to the finest or they're the fullest they're great it's guys been, go beefs this has been a this has been a really fun talk though my guy i disagree with a lot of it but you know what i give you a ton of credit for coming on and it's a fun banter it's a fun back and forth hey i i, I always like chatting and again the thing it is guys is you know we're gonna we're gonna see what happens, and and we want whatever happens to be for you guys to be the best thing for the University of Arizona. Exactly. You know what? We want to back the A, back to the, the fullest. A. Back the A right there. All right, Tony.
For Tony Altimore, I'm Mike Luke. We will be back with you tomorrow. You've been listening to the AZ Wildcats podcast.